Everything you've heard about the KISS years and the KISS stage shows and the spectacle is true. It's not a legend. We're going to show every new band how the big boys do it. This is better for me the second time than it was the first time because I'm focused and I'm in control and I'm in the greatest band in the world. It's really about a lifestyle and an attitude towards winning. But you're kind of like a spaceman. No, actually, I'm a plumber. (laughs) (laughs) To myself, look, Eric, you're going to do the best you can. You know you're good, you know the songs, and that's all you can do. So it is just like a great opportunity that, that just suddenly landed in my lap and... This one's going to be exceptional. Now I'm in the best band. I was in some good bands, but now I'm in the best band. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Right Between the Eyes podcast, the KISS podcast with three generations of KISS fans telling you why we love it loud. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Myers. Welcome to episode 5151. We are over the hump of 50. Uh, this is Psycho Circus, parentheses 25th anniversary, just a few weeks ago. More on that in just a minute. You can follow us at all of our social media handles on the X. I don't know if there's a the in front of it, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, Twitter at RBTE Podcast. Run Facebook at facebook.com slash right between the eyes podcast. We are on Instagram. You can email into the show at right between the eyes podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube and you can buy some merch. And unfortunately, this is the first time the cruises are hearing it. There's a issue with however virtual merch booth, virtual merch booth.com slash RBTE podcast. There's something technical on their end that they are not able to process payments for whatever reason. So I am kind of looking for an outside thing to carry our merch over. So unfortunately, unless they get this rectified soon, you can't buy anything, but you can go look at what you could have bought at <laughs> virtualmerchbooths.com. And so then plan hope, to buy it at a future, yeah, a future date. So you could see the artwork and I'm, I may try and port it somewhere else, but that's a whole nother ball of wax. But anyway, if you listen to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, rate and leave a review, and we will read that on the show. I'm kind of waiting to compile some of those for a show at a later date. So I am reading them, but we'll get to that at a later point. Like I said, I'm Rob. This is episode 51, and with me are Nick and Nico Caruso. How are you guys doing? I want to kick it over to Nico first. Unfortunately, you weren't here for the big 5-0, so do you have any big 5-0 things uh, to say before we uh, get to your uh, big five oh things, fifty things. Just the fact that it's so cool that we have we're on episode number fifty one. Um, that you guys really showed up and showed out for episode fifty in terms of what you did for it, but also the the listeners and just the feedback and um, what a cool thing that we started. And I don't know, I feel like anytime you start a podcast, you, you, your goal is to get like through an episode and then five episodes and then 10 episodes. So to be at 51 here and to have the road only looking up, right. Uh, it's just going to keep getting better and better. And we have arguably our, our coolest thing ever coming up with the show in November. So um, I'm just happy to be here and I'm happy to be back talking about this. It It's, it's fitting in terms of anniversary and, and it's fitting in terms of uh what the kids call spooky season now. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh mr caruso nick um i'm having a ball and yeah i mean i the the last couple episodes were great 49 50 we had our, our whole cast of characters with us all our good friends and i'm really excited about the psycho circus here because um 25 years doesn't feel like that long for me i mean i can really remember almost every detail when this album came out and the stuff that came afterwards the tour it was another it was another uh odyssey for me i think i saw five shows on the psycho circus tour i missed that entire tour i don't know what i was doing really yeah wow. I, di okay. I didn't see a single show on the interesting tour. and it wasn't because i didn't like it or anything i think when i was trying it i was just recently starting to work my first new job and i think I was working nights. I was on night shifts. I was trying to figure out how I, what little vacation I had just didn't coincide mm -hmm. with any dates around me. And I kept thinking, I'll catch them on the next tour. So. Interesting. So originally this was supposed to be the creatures of the night. We're finally going to get to creatures of the night with just things. If you had found the podcast this year, we had some health issues and in, in, in my family and other things going on with the podcast that I kept going, oh, we'll push it later. Oh, we'll push it later. And then we started doing the Road to Rosemont series. And I thought, oh, October's coming up. Creatures would be a really good fitting album to do with the Halloween season. And then the 25th anniversary hit for Psycho Circus. And I'm like, man, I really want to do this. And so as we're recording this today, October 8th, I sent a message out to Nick and Nico, like confirming the time. And I was like, so what do you guys think about doing psycho circus like today you know <laughs> so i was listening to it all week kind of thinking about it but i'm like nah, i'm not gonna spring it on them and both of them courageously were like hell yeah oh, let's yeah. do oh, that yeah it's, so it works before we get to the album we do have some information from planet kiss you ain't seen nothing yet. We're gonna take over this planet and call it Planet Kiss. Earth, not so good. Planet <laughs> Kiss, good idea. Kiss is currently back out on tour. I think it's still technically the end of the road, but these shows they're kind of referring to as the final curtain shows. So the curtain has finally fallen for Australia. Uh, yesterday, October 7th, and then going back a week prior on September 30th, KISS played the grand final AFL in Australia and did their final set of shows. And a dramatic set list change happened. No, I think we... <laughs> we, we <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it, but the look on Nick's face is like, did I not read the set list correct? Yeah. Drastic as far as Australia does get their primo song in Shandy. So I just wanted you guys just to kind of talk about Kiss being back out. Um, our good boy, Billy Baker, I was just in touch with him and he kind of gave me the high sign like, hey, pay attention. We're unveiling Eric's final Kiss kit. So this nice bright gold kit, which is oh, 50th anniversary is really kind of fitting. So Billy will be back on a future episode, probably after the first of the year. He said once the dust has settled, he has a chance to you know, collect himself. Cause he said these final shows, Eric's going to be in contact with him, figuring out how the kit's working. And he's worried the kit's got to get from Australia to Dubai, which is where they're going next. And then back to the U S all in one piece. Cause it's the only one. So more on that from Billy later, we'll watch him sweat that interview out. Uh, but guys, what do you think about kiss being back out? And this is it. This is the final stretch. There are no more stops for the end of the road until they hit us 
let's just put this in perspective for people listening. Eight weeks, eight weeks from now, the three of us, if you've seen the show, we're kind of like a Brady bunch. I'll, the whole group of us from the Road to Rosemont series, but more importantly, I'll be sitting next to these two gentlemen yeah. in uh, in the great city of Rosemont. Um, Rosemont. So what do you guys think about Kiss being back out on the road and uh, starting this final lap? First of all, it's cool they're going to Dubai to pick up the, uh, I guess they're getting the uh, yes. palette of, of the Diego uh, and I could finally get our merchandise. The, uh-huh. sticks, so it's nice that they're making, <laughs> listen, it's good they're back on the road. Nothing surprised me about what they did in Australia, especially adding Shandy, because they do that all the time. And we were talking before, I think they're in the States on the 13th or whatever, right, Cincinnati? Cincinnati, yep. Um, So they're coming. It'll be here. They're going to be here uh, roughly today we're recording. It is the 9th. They're going to be here in four or five days. So it's going to be pretty, pretty wild. So we're getting ready for the stretch run. It never feels like it's going to end, but I have a feeling that Sooner rather than later, that reality will start to sink in. Yeah. Yeah. I think them being back, it's a little more exciting because we're all going to the show. Kind of like you said, Rob, I think I'm also surprised. Not in a bad way. Like, did I think we all have some false hope that they were going to come back and kind of change a bunch of things for this quote unquote final curtain? I mean, I guess there's still technically time. These were kind of the the last call in in Australia, but it's fine. It it's cool they're going to be back. It's cool they're finally going to hang it up, and it's cool that we get to go see them. They've done the end of the road to death, not in a bad way, but they have. I mean, we. Yeah. My dad and I thought we were seeing the final two shows in March of 2019. That's when we thought that's when the end of the road tour started, you know? Right. Yeah. COVID and everything. So I think seeing the shows three or four times now, this one, them being back has way more to do with this trio and the great community we've been able to join and form yep. over the past 51 episodes. I, I think that's what makes their return more exciting from a show standpoint. Yeah, it's going to be the same thing. But with making love, let's hope it stays. Yeah. Making love will be the thing we get that'll be cool. But other than that, I might walk around with you both the whole show instead of watching it when we're in Rosemont. (laughs) I might be like, we'll watch the first couple songs, last couple songs. No, I'm kidding. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We'll go over to Xander's section. We'll stand by him for a little bit. We'll go to the other side of the arena and go to Brand. We'll just tour. We'll just tour the arena. Well, And then the other thing. We are going to get to hear songs that we haven't heard live in the sound check because the three that of us are true. doing sound that check is, too. So we're even though true. if you've watched video footage, the sound check's probably pretty much the same as it has been, but that's getting a chance to experience the band sans makeup and their street clothes, as Paul likes to say. So that will be cool. What what were the sound check songs? Typically they are got to choose Christine 16. Um, hotter than hell. Sometimes they pull out shock me. Sometimes mm-hmm. they pull out nothing to lose. And I I'm forgetting one. There's like six or seven songs, yep. generally six. And then depending on what's going on, sometimes they do a little Q and a, so it'll, that'll be interesting to see as well. I want Nico to make a big son. I don't know if they let you bring it in. Just say, I stole your love. Maybe just yeah. maybe son. Maybe Paul it was, it. it was time. Like, I just can't stress enough how firmly I believe, like <laughs> they were poised to do it. Like it, it just made sense. 
and they're not, they're I not. assume. And it's okay. I think this will be a great background music for the three of us just kind of going bananas yeah. in, in the yeah. presence that yeah. it won't be yes. through computer screens. I can just look at you and go, Oh, so that's what you really look like. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I could hold you, Rob. Okay, okay. I could actually hold you. We'll be consoling each down. other. They're not playing making love. <laughs> oh no, dude. I'm 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 doing a cartwheel out of the arena if they don't. I'm just kidding. So a couple of things. I recorded a video on our YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out, go to our previous one. I opened up the Psycho Circus 25th anniversary vinyl, which was kind of cool. Uh the other thing is something that Xander had an idea that he got from going to see Greta Van Fleet in concert is that the band has a, you know, just they're very much like their own kiss army or whatever, but the fans of Greta Van Fleet decided to try and kind of like Taylor Swift would do and some other artists is make it more interactive for the audience. That it's something that they're showing their appreciation for towards the band. So Xander got this idea from seeing Greta Van Fleet is taking pieces of construction paper and you can't see this. You can go back to our video. I kind of demonstrate it, but for Nick and Nico and taking your cell phone. And when you turn on your light, the light will now emanate a color. So Xander's idea was take the oh, kiss man. primary colors of green, blue, red, and uh, what am I missing? Purple pieces of construction paper, even possibly getting other kiss fans to do it or taking bags of construction paper. And I was thinking this should be about six inches in length. So you don't have to hold this little tiny piece that if you wanted to, could you imagine being in Rosemont and just seeing as Beth was going on all these green lights emanating instead of your, uh, that's pretty cool. That's so that's, pretty good. that's a that, great idea. That's an idea that Xander yeah. has. So I kind of jumped on the bandwagon and said, Hey, if that's something you want to do, here's how you do it. Blah, blah, blah. The other thing, it's not a video, but if you can hear it. I didn't tell Nick and Nico I was doing this. <laughs> so if you see us at Rosemont, I'm holding it up for Nick and Nico. That's really cool. We have RBTE buttons that I'm going to hand to Nick and Nico. So if you've been watching the Road to Rosemont, all of the Road to Rosemont participants will be handing out buttons. Maybe while we're at the merch booth or we're buying a hot dog, maybe we'll just kind of drop one somewhere or it's on the stairs or it's somewhere if you see us you're at sound check shake our hands we'd love to meet you we'll hand you a button and that's kind of your way to go oh hey well i know brant from in my head is here jeb and uh, xander are here from kiss army things you could collect six buttons at this show in rosemont wow. from all the podcasts so i decided you know what i'm not going to ask for permission from nick and nico i'm just going to go ahead and do it because gosh darn it i want my own friggin' button <laughs> and we cool. should announce this too to incentivize it if you get all pins from all podcasts yeah you receive your kiss goodbye 2020 <laughs> box yeah, we, we actually have all we actually were given them rob didn't want to bury the label we were given five select box sets to give away nico was like dear gene simmons we, we have, have this an great idea, idea. <laughs> doc mcgee's like yeah i don't know uh i don't know where they're at we're working on it though about yeah. that we're working on it so while we work on the details of how we're going to get this dubai merch to everyone we're going to pause really quick and then if you got your circus peanuts and you got your balloon and your cotton candy we're going to go to the circus and we're going to celebrate 25 years with Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Ace Freely, 
Peter Chris, Tommy Thayer, Kevin Valentine, and whoever hell else played on this album. We'll be right back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. You have accessed the supervisory tactical organization for regulation of metahumans. File 17, The Iron Skull. Poor Garrett. I led the girl commandos in rescuing him from an illegal surgery that had transformed him from a mortally injured soldier into a cyborg monstrosity on behalf of the Twilight Army. Along with Eric, I tried my best to bring him back from the horrors he endured under the multiple knives of Dr. Mercy so he could live a normal life. We offered Garrett the chance to be reintegrated into society and live normally. Garrett refused. He decided to let the ugliness of his new body be reflected in his outlook. He has embraced his role as a nightmare for the lawless, meeting out justice with a bloodthirsty ruthlessness. If Eric hadn't connected him with the Paragons, I shudder at the thought of the extremes he would have achieved. He seems content with his present role as a living weapon amongst gods and monsters. When I'm by myself, I admit how afraid I am of the moment when he's content no longer. Paragons of Earth is an upcoming comic book project written by Thomas DJ and Percival Constantine, with pencils by Eric Johns and inks, colors, and letters by Constantine. The crowdfunding campaign features some great incentives, including exclusive pinups by Johns, Chris Kempe, and others, and the chance to get original artwork. Please go to crowdfunder.com slash paragonscomic, all one word, for more details and to sign up. Paragons of Earth. They have powers undreamt of. And enemies unplanned for. I was listening to a rock and roll station on my way over here. You know, it put me in the mood. There was a passage in one of those tribal songs that I feel... Uh, well, is the keynote for this evening. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. Ace is going to tell you a little bit about our, about our CD and about how interactive it is. Ace? Ladies and gentlemen, Ace Bradley. That sounded good. By the way, we have a new website that's coming out. And I have to read it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's going to be called, uh, pronounced kissonline.net. And uh, actually, if you have a computer and a modem already hooked up, you put it in your CD-ROM and it'll actually get you right online without having to really do much except press a button. Tell me about the enhanced CD that just came out, the that's Psycho right. Circus CD. The enhanced? That's it. <laughs> Come on, hey. The CD, it's, it's gonna be the CD, you're gonna be able to take the CD that you can buy that has the music on it, and we'll also have code on it that will get you hooked up to our internet service. Plus there's a free screen server. 
Please you'll get screensavers. You'll probably get some of the quick time stuff that I did for the last uh, tour. You know, when I did the morphing at the end of the show. And you'll get, you'll get all sorts of interesting stuff. Merchandising. You'll know where we will be playing in the future. You'll know uh, little things about whether or not Peter Chris uh, have uh, changed his cat litter or not. <laughs> It's going to be a barrel of laughs and uh, try to make it to the show because if you don't, you're going to be missing something spectacular. Thank you. Psycho Circus is the 18th studio album by KISS. Following the highly successful 1996-97 reunion tour, Psycho Circus was marketed as the first new studio album by the band's original lineup since 1977's Dynasty. While touted as a band effort, Peter Chris only played drums on Ace Frehley's penned track, Into the Void. And guitarist Ace Frehley played on two regular album tracks, the one he wrote, plus You Wanted the Best. He also played on a bonus track called In Your Face, penned by Gene Simmons. All four band members, however, sang lead vocals on the album with the aforementioned You Wanted the Best. As with Dynasty and Unmasked, however, many of the songs were recorded by uncredited players at the time. We now know them as Kevin Valentine on drums and future KISS guitarist Tommy Thayer. And now our discussion of KISS's 1998 album, Psycho Circus, and celebrating the 25th anniversary of the album. Released on September 22nd, 1998, recorded January to April of 1998, in Los Angeles and uh, California at one-on-one studios and A and B studios coming in at 44 minutes and 24 seconds recorded on Mercury records produced by Bruce, the late great Bruce Fairburn. He passed away not too long after this album was uh, recorded psycho circus coming in at 10 songs. And if you bought the Japanese version or the psycho circus VHS tape, that was the psycho circus single typical kiss fashion there were four cd covers of gene paul ace and peter with a bonus song called in your face so i told nick and nico to also look at this and we'll talk about this particular song as well but the 10 tracks that make up this album and nick i want to go to you talk about after coming out of the reunion tour and knowing that kiss is finally going to be recording a brand new album with original members what were your expectations like at the time already coming off the high of the reunion tour and knowing that the original four are going to continue beyond this tour? What were you feeling at the time that this uh, was going on? It was a euphoric time for this diehard kiss fan because I had just witnessed obviously the greatest concert experiences, uh, the whole thing of, of my life, seeing that reunion tour and then realizing that they're going to go in and they're going to make a new album was about as electric buying as could be. It was just, it was a magical time. It, it was more than I could have hoped for because you had always hoped that the reunion tour was not the end. Knowing them a little better now than I did then, I should have never, ever feared that. But there was a little bit of that, maybe this is it, and soak it all in and get it. Who knew we'd be sitting here 25 years later, absolutely immersed in everything. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Rob, it was, it was, it was really cool. And I am trying to remember, you know, following along, even at that time, 
there was there was internet. I believe I had the AOL down here in the computer. got mail I'm the old, old dial-up you know with <laughs> yeah. the little guy walking back and forth and I think I was able to um to kind of navigate a little bit and and try to find the news of when the album was coming out what was going on Psycho Circus I remember the name hearing the name and stuff and thinking pretty cool kind of crazy it just it just everything that I was hearing and reading about kind of kind of felt kiss it was super exciting now nico where did this fall and i'm trying to remember how old you are to know hey were you around in 19 <laughs> yeah two years i was old. what three two so were gonna I, be three. two or three i knew you were probably young enough to not be here obviously for buying it day of but like where does psycho circus hit you in your kiss kiss fandom yeah, it was definitely one that my dad showed me. It was probably when I was doing like my whole explosion of Kiss thing with all the Kissologies and stuff. And I remember you being particularly fond of certain songs off Psycho Circus. Primarily, it was Raise Your Glasses and Within, I believe, were the two. Primarily, Raise Your Glasses. This was fascinating because I think when I when I was learning about like how the whole reunion thing worked and the fact that they actually came out with an album that was more interesting to me than of course going back to like the non makeup stuff. So this is an album I'm pretty f- I was pretty familiar with about five songs from it. Um, I was really familiar with Psycho Circus, Within, Into the Void, and Raise Your Glasses. It's been a while since I listened to this one in full though. And I was really glad I had been recently. That's when you suggested it today. I jumped on it. And when my dad prior to, I don't know if it was before he started recording or not, he said he's excited to share some of his thoughts on this album. And I, and I already know something that's going to aggravate me uh, later on. So really not, not in a bad way. I just have a feeling we're going to have a repeat of a, uh, God, what was the name of that song? Uh, something happens at night. <laughs> something seems to happen <laughs> at night. God, <laughs> God, I think we're gonna have a replay of that. Maybe I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah, so so nothing crazy besides it was fascinating that it became more fascinating when we found out how much, how many different people are actually on the album and contributed <laughs> yeah, to it. Right, that exactly. what was that's kind of when my revisit of it recently really exploded. Cause I'm like, all right, I, I, I got to hear this then for real this time. If, if it was not what it seemed quote unquote. Now I have a bad habit on the show of asking questions and I never answer the question that I asked yeah, sure. everyone else. So this was one I came off the reunion tour and I, I think I've said before on the show, I was kind of had my arms folded like, okay, what's next? I think at some point in my head, I was like, all right, Renew Tour is great. It's awesome. But we're going to go back to Eric and Bruce, right? And I think as the Reunion Tour went on, they released Eric and Bruce from the contract. And I was like, okay, we're we're all in. It's 1997 and Eric and Bruce are now off doing their own things. 
at the time that kiss was recording psycho circus behind me is a picture of bruce's band union they were just down uh, the street recording the first union album and as we'll talk about on this album somebody appears on this album playing a different instrument than he normally does so that figures into the story later so i was kind of like i i wonder what it's going to be like and my best friend ben was always like it's kiss we're still going to like it yes i know we're fans of eric and bruce but we just saw the reunion tour i'm sure it's gonna be pretty good so i heard psycho circus was the title and i was like that's kind of a stupid title <laughs> for the album it's a little it's a little corny when you yeah and i'm it. like oh, all right and then i heard there was the comic book coming out so i bought the comic book i'm like oh that's that's not too that's not too bad and then i heard the song and i was like okay all right i think you got me so before we get to the songs let's take a look if you're fancy and you got the lenticular cover, which I think is really cool. Wish I could get the vinyl of this. So I went day of to this is a Best Buys edition, and it comes with the six track live CD, which Not I Best Buy. which I thought was fan friggin' tastic. And I keep saying off the soundboard, you have the rest of this show. And if I remember correctly, the album was out in September, and then we got the Psycho Circus tour that premiered on halloween night which was really cool just a you know it was a about a month before the tour dodger stadium yeah dodger we'll stadium talk about yeah. that a little bit too that's a legendary show to be honest with you it's so one of the longest shows they've ever done i think oh Second yeah size. and uh, the most songs from psycho circus would be played at this show being three but still i thought right. that was was pretty good so what do you guys think of the cover lenticular non-lenticular cover seeing our guys in the circus wagon and then with the lenticular cover you get the curtain moving and all that stuff so nick you picked this up what did yep, you did. think of the uh, uh album i got cover? it i got it at rolling stone records at midnight uh i think it was a monday night midnight you be, you used to be able to do that when the releases came out on tuesdays and mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i thought it was really cool i thought i thought the cover was great i it it's almost i don't want to say i had an image of what it was going to look like but the clown Mm -hmm. clowns scare the crap out of me circus clowns are scarier to me than the joker to be honest with you i think the joker's cool looking as hell mm -hmm. Batman villain but the clown cl circus clowns are, are just like it just frightening <laughs> to me uh, i felt like it, it was great you get the four guys you got the nice red yellowish looks like a circus a curtain very cool comeback album original four just the four of them playing on it i thought you thought <laughs> just them <laughs> no fantasy else. comes through no one else. there you go there you go loved it nico the cover for psycho i was in the stroller when he went at midnight um <laughs> no i'm just kidding kid uh, shut up <laughs> i'll tell you yeah right just just wailing because it's 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 so inhumane that i'm there no for me the cover is cool i'm actually it makes me think about something different and instead of it's hard to add anything that would be better than what my dad said. But I find it interesting that they never really did the whole clown slash circus thing before. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like with like the makeup and everything, they were so poised for like never a stage, never an album of that until now was so interesting. I feel like for as much as they 
it's not a bad thing. It's not a con. I'm not ripping the band, but for as long as they've said that they're a band who likes to be different and they wanted to see something they never that that they never saw on stage and just the idea of the of the theatrical nature of their shows, even going back to the beginning, I'm surprised they never did something with this concept. So I think it's cool that they that just the original four guys all came together and all chose to do this and we're all on this album just themselves i'm glad they chose this as the time to do it this was something i always thought too like wouldn't it be cool i mean back when i came in to be a fan of the band of no makeup in sight but we all my best friend and i always had these thoughts of like surprise there wasn't some like twisted circus carnival theme like could Never. You imagine yeah. what that would be like on the stage like you said nico they were so poised to be able to do it and what kind of a twisted nightmare could you have? So hearing like once I saw the album cover and I really didn't know what lenticular meant at first. And once I saw it, I was like, Oh, it's like those baseball cards I used to have where you would see the guy batting or yeah. the, the fullback or whatever running or, you know, Walter Payton doing something kind of cool or whatever. So once I saw it, I'm like, well, I got to get this cover. So we all bought the exact same, like three of my closest friends, this was their first Kiss album, and we called the Best Buy. Well, no, we didn't have a Best Buy in our local city at the time, so we drove to Toledo, and they were like, they had just become Kiss fans during MTV Unplugged, so mm -hmm. their first new album was this, and we popped this cool thing in all the way that. home, and uh, we're listening to this very first track. Psycho Circus, written by Paul Stanley and Kurt Como, which is an interesting name. When we get to the first Union album, that is a name you're going to hear quite a bit. Because like I said, just down the street or roadblock, whatever it was in L.A., Union was recording and writing their first album, Bruce Kulik, John Karabi, Brett Frintz, and Jamie Hunting. And the co-writer with Bruce and John was Kurt Cuomo. So I'm thinking that all of this kind of coalesces together uh, this comes in at five minutes and 30 seconds with the carnival intro uh, what did you think nick the first time you heard psycho circus it's epic it harkened me back to destroyer to uh detroit rock city right we we get this intro which is interesting it's carnival music you can visualize yourself walking into it and then here come the thunderous heavy guitars coming in it paul wales and it starts and it's it's a really really classic kiss song to me and it's it stood the test it stands the test of time i mean they're doing it 25 years later arguably it's been in almost every set list since mm -hmm. there might have been a couple that they skipped it but it was it's a hell of a comeback song it's got the guitar solo in the middle it's that's beautiful uh, i don't even know you're going to tell me who played it because as big of a kiss fan as i am I'm not sure. I never really got in depth into who played on this song or did it, but Psycho Circus is a triumph. It is a it is a classic Kiss song, a contemporary classic Kiss mm -hmm. song. It is probably, in all the time in the last 25 years, I know they haven't made many new albums. They've only had a couple, but this is really the one that kind of defined after the reunion tour, I believe. Mm -hmm. So AR, after reunion the only song to me that really, and I and I say this 
I don't mean that it's the best song on the album, but the song that's kind of they've been able to identify with and have a persona. The Psycho Circus is it. It it is Kiss. It's pure Kiss. Nico, Psycho Circus. You know, he, he I I'm in full agreement. He he said it so well there. It 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 it's a classic Kiss song, a contemporary classic Kiss song. I've always enjoyed it. I think the first time I've ever heard it was listening to the Millennium Show. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always been a song that it, it feels like them too, just the lyrical content of it, the messaging of it. It feels like a song for Kiss and for mm-hmm. Kiss fans. It's a song you could kind of identify with. It was cool. I got to, so I've seen them play it a lot, but I got to see them open with it when they played with Def Leppard. Mm. They went back to opening with this. I think it's a phenomenal opening song. And I also think it's a, it's almost a picture perfect album opening song. And I think it just, it's hard to really put into words why it works so well, but kind of like my dad was saying it, it just from like a personification standpoint of the band for what it's trying to say for the guitars, it, it, it does feel like a true kiss song. And I think it says something that they still play it today. Uh, Paul Stanley says, I think that's a, it's a, yeah, it's a spectacular album. Uh, Psycho Circus is right up there with anything uh, that we consider our best. There may be parts of it I'm not fond of, but as far as the overall album, my contribution, I'm very pleased. This is the song I struggle with the most to find out what's the theme and what's the direction of the song. Once I had the theme and the direction, the rest of the album made sense. That's from Paul Stanley Mm -hmm. from Behind the Mask. I kind of skipped around a couple Mm -hmm. couple pages there. Uh, This was one for me when I first heard it. I was like, this is pretty tight. And when we were listening to it on the car ride home, there were a couple drum passages. I was going, that sounds really cool, but I've not heard Peter play any part like that before. Like not saying that he couldn't or was incapable, but that doesn't sound like something he would play. But I'm like, well, it's 1998. Let's just continue to move on and let's see what comes next. And the next track we would get is Within. Within, written by Gene Simmons and lead vocals by Gene Simmons. I didn't say that before, but I'll go through the lead vocal tracks on the album. This was one, I'll start this one off. When it first started, I was like, this seems like something that would have been on like Carnival of Souls that was prior as the reunion tour was coming out that was leaked and had come out and you could kind of hear some weird trippy you know backing stuff in the beginning the guitar solos kind of twisted so as far now nick you asked like who played on it the only lead guitar that bruce kulik plays on this album the backing stuff that you're hearing through within was recorded in 1995 during the carnival of souls recording session gene this was a song that was tracked during Carnival of Souls. Mm-hmm. Gene brought it over to Psycho Circus and liked those Bruce Kulick bits. So rather than have somebody else play them, he just lifted them off the demo and placed them in here. So that's the extent of Bruce Kulick's guitar playing. Mm-hmm. So Bruce does play some other instruments on this album. We'll get to those in just a bit. So this one I thought was really cool. And it kind of set that vibe. We talked in episode 50 of having those like underrated, like gene songs 
I think Xander had said it uh, once on uh, one of our shows that that number two song really kind of sets the tone of like, okay, what is Gene delivering to this album? And I remember thinking, whoa, this is this is really kind of heavy. And as much as I dug Carnival of Souls, I was like, wow, we're off to a really solid start with this album. It's was something a little different for Gene, being that this is the original four, but it really kind kind of just seemed to set tone coming after Psycho Circus. I thought it worked really well. Aniko, what are your thoughts on Within? I think the song absolutely riffs. Uh, it's so dope. It's so cool. It's um, one of you two. I don't know who it was, but said that it's a shame he didn't keep playing this. Yes. Because, wow, would it really work for a live show for a variety of reasons. What you could do from a production standpoint, what you could do with solos. And it's just, it's an epic song. And um, I love how when people talk about gene songs primarily underrated gene songs that this song always seems to come up because it's it's almost like a head scratcher that he didn't keep this i feel like they've been even with like the recent stuff with uh sonic boom and monster i feel like they've always tried to play around with a lot more of paul stuff than they do with gene stuff and i think that it, it it's even now apparent that that pattern started here, here. and even the yeah. fact that they would I, I know Ace needed songs too, but the fact that they would even go on to like keep playing into the void, but not within is just is, is so fascinating to me. But I think that the song absolutely rips. It's 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 just so dope. Yeah, you know, you you took the words right out of my mouth because I I uh, I was I was surmising that it was very Carnival of Souls like. There's no doubt about it. So it's just his Psycho Circus ends. The song comes on. It's very heavy for me. Like as a Kiss fan, I'm not used to hearing this. It starts out a little bit of that squealing, and then it goes right into that very yeah. heavy. And I'm kind of like, wow, what is this? And it, it it takes a long time for the vocals to come in. Once the vocals come in, it it's still very grunge-like, very, very dark tones. But once you get to the chorus, it's it sounds like Kiss to me. Now it becomes, I'm I recognize it. It's Gene. It's I love that. I love the chorus to it. And the song all of a sudden for me evolves and becomes a really, really great second track, a really great underrated gene song. The guitar is is fierce on this song. It's fantastic. And I agree with you, Rob. We're we're two songs into this album, and it's it is a it's very pleasing to me at this point. I'm very elated at what these guys at our the four musicians <laughs> right in my mind. We keep like, at what I guess I was four I was so naive to with. think that it was a that it was a Peter playing on these songs. But listen, it doesn't matter if Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck played on within because it's a really good <laughs> tune. It's in the, and the first two are great stuff, so it's cool. So I remember when track three started. Oh. Now we we were in the back in the early, you know, AOL internet days. I think I was still I still had that opinion before I mean before spoilers were a thing from movies and stuff like that. Any reviews, I didn't I didn't want to know much going into whatever I was reading, buying album. I didn't want to read album reviews and see somebody in Rolling Stone say an album sucked, and that kind of was like, eh, maybe I won't get it. So I had no idea what was coming next but you need an American flag or whatever it is and raise this thing aloft. 
because we're pledging to the allegiance of the state of rock and friggin' roll. Written by Paul Stanley, Kurt Cuomo, and Holly Knight. Yeah. This, I'm going to take this one first again. This was a song, it took us, it's a 45-minute drive from where we lived to Toledo, and we played this song three times. My buddy was like, play it again, rewind, play it again. This song is still one of those that as I'm going through and saying, I'm only going to play a couple tracks off the album. This is one that is that is right up there. I love this song. Thematically, the lyrics, it's as patriotic as I think Kiss gets without overly saying America. You could probably fit any country into the mix, but it's just the idea of Kiss putting their blood, sweat, and tears, their makeup into the song. And this was one they played like twice. Anonymous Psycho Circus Tour, it was very much like they were just in Australia. They played it twice in Australia on the Rock the Nation tour. When they came to the U.S., they didn't play it anymore. So it did get a chance to be played live, but what a, what a missed opportunity live. I think this would have gone over like gangbusters. I pledge allegiance. Nico. It's epic. And I think on re-listens now and more... Re- recent re-listen recent i was gonna say things that sounded the same there i have a lot of respect for this song and i am also sitting here going don't know why they never kept playing this either it feels like everything i mean even when they were doing i forget on what tour that was where at the end of every show they were like donating a check to like the wounded warriors or yes. something, or they're having people come out. I'm like, I don't know how they never paired this. And uh, it's another celebration, I think, right. Of, of the band where psycho circus is a celebration of the weirdness and the theatrical nature of kiss and their fans. I feel like this track is, is they they've always been extremely patriotic towards the country. They've always had, um consistent help and advocacy for the soldiers for what makes america such a beautiful place as a whole and i'm just surprised that this isn't something that they kept playing but it's like you said rob i think the lyrical content is fantastic it's got a great chorus the song is just epic it's rah-rah it gets you wanting to move it's just really really good and through three songs this is a really strong kiss album from ace peter paul and gene from from just these four guys right that's 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 you know i know what you're doing right now Mm. and i don't like it so why don't you just shut your trap before i put my foot in it when I got the CD and I, I flipped around the cover and you see Psycho Circus within, you you see a song that says, I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. And my first inclination is like, what a corny, stupid title. Like The street give us and the street This song's going to blow God, that like, one. That one's this up song's got to suck. <laughs> I'm like, this song's got to suck. There's, there's no way. So listen, somewhere there's a world, there's a multiverse where this is a kiss live staple because it is an absolute shame that this song didn't not only did it was it not a regular in the cycle circus tour but you know you, you want to talk about say yeah get that piece of crap out of there 
and throw this in this. There. Oddly enough, shout out to the shout it out loud uh, casters to uh, Zeus and Tom. They had Holly Knight on. It was a fascinating interview. Wonderful just, interview. Just an incredible talent. Holly Knight wrote some of the biggest songs in the history of pop music. She said she doesn't like the song, though, which struck me. Yeah. She, there's another one coming up she wrote on that we're going to really glow over. But I didn't understand it. And I trying to remember her explanation. She just she didn't feel like it hit right. This is a anthem. If there ever was an anthem, there are several on this album, which is why I don't understand why this album kind of gets thrown into the trash by a lot of Kiss fans. But I yeah. can only echo what you guys say. We don't, I don't want to spend, we got to move on, but this is a really, really good song. The title, it's better than the title. It, it, and yes. the title fits into it. They're able to use the title. And it's beautiful because I, again, I see it. I pledge allegiance to this. How are you going to put that in a title and a chorus? Like, and there's no way it could work. And yet it, it's fantastic. Yeah. So getting to track four going, well, we've heard two from Gene, two from Paul. Well, actually. Yeah. Two from Paul. Two from Paul and one from Gene. So one of the other two guys has got to make a, a vocal appearance. And you look at the title, Into the Void. Well, that's got to be an ace song. <laughs> Written by Ace Freely and uh, Carl Cochran, who was Ace's bass player during the 95 Bad Boys tour with Ace and Peter. And then when the reunion tour happened, Eric Singer put together the Eric Singer Project with Bruce Kulick, John Karabi, and Carl Cochran would take over on base for that side project. And we'll get to that at a later time. So if I've got my notes right here, this song was, a, excuse me, originally called Sharpshooter, I think. They picked a better title. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, originally called Sharpshooter and Paul and Gene wanted Ace to come up with something again that was a little different. And Ace uh, went and rewrote the lyrics to this in 30 minutes, went into the studio and tracked it. So we'll let the cat out of the bag. We've been playing coy with it. Of course, everybody knows it's 25 years. This is the only song on the album where all four original members play their own instruments and sing the song. I every, every other drum that you hear on this album is played by Kevin Valentine, who played You Love Me to Hate You on Hydra on um Hot in the Shade, uh, he did some other stuff there. He played to take it off for Eric Singer on Revenge when Eric had to go play with Alice Cooper. They called Kevin in and said, hey, can you play? So this is Peter. We'll get to more Kevin uh, later. We'll save that maybe for Raise Your Glasses. But this is Peter Chris. So going from Pledge Your Allegiance to this song, I kind of instantly heard the drums and went that sounds like peter chris i wasn't entirely sure who was playing lead guitar on the rest of the album we now know in fact it's tommy thayer does all the lead guitar work aside from one other track so this is the amazing isn't that amazing yeah the only time that all four so the history lesson that everybody else pretty much knows i think this is a pretty tight song this feels very much like an ace freely song and this is something that i feel like if you really listen to this song and maybe one other one later you go okay this is what the feel of the album probably 
was intended to be, but probably from producer uh, Bruce Fairburn and Paul and Gene, the rest of the album is what it is. But I think this is really cool. It's very typical. I feel like with Ace, it's he's kiss kind of forces him to get stuck into okay you're just all your songs are going to be about space and rockets and rides and getting shocked so it kind of falls that formulaic type thing but that being said it's pretty cool and as long as ace was in the band this song was played every night all the way through the the farewell tour so into the void nico i think this is a really underrated ace song because it's so cool Mm-hmm. And it and it, it it it's funny the fact that this was the only one that all four of them are on it it you can almost tell I feel like it fits his character the spaceman character that's why I I think I dig it so much too for him but I just think it's got a fun chorus I think the reason why I like it so much is my exposure to a lot of these guys primarily Ace Peter and even Gene my exposure to a lot of their solo stuff happened because of this podcast. So for me, I was so used to all these shows seeing him just do shock me. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I don't even think shock me is that great of a song. I, I, I know it's quintessential ace, but it's, it's not really good. I wouldn't say it's that good of a song. This is a much better song in terms of production lyrics, et cetera. And it also fits him as a character. I was, I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast but dad i definitely said it to you when when tommy started doing shock me i was always like that i just don't think that works i would have rather him just embrace i'm not ace i'm the spaceman let's play something like into the void instead i wish that when tommy was doing a song still that they would do this i do i do it's interesting yeah yeah you know, it's funny. I somewhere in this podcast, I've probably lauded this song and, and and said it was one of Ace's better songs. I just, unfortunately, on the album here and, and what what we've got coming and what we've heard, it is too much Ace, and I think he gets pigeonholed here. I think I read interviews where he he had some other stuff. I think right, Rob. I, I'm not any. Yeah. I think he wanted to do something else that I think could have been a little bit more creative and maybe fit the theme of the album. Because this does seem just like a cliche to me. It's a pretty good song. Don't get me wrong. And I saw it live and it did work live. But listening to it again, I, I have, I'll be honest with you. I haven't gone back and listened to this. I've listened to a lot of songs on this album, but not that one. Hmm. It It's kind of boring to me on the album. It's not, it's not anything like uh, that. I really revisit it's I there's, there's way more ACE songs that I think are cooler that I think are better. It's a shame. We'll talk a little bit about where the missed opportunities with the other guys are on this album. And it, it, it's, I'm probably going to get pissed off because I, I, the <laughs> overall theme, I love this album, but Ace and Peter got screwed on this album. They yeah. really did. They really got effed. If you, if you, and, and so it's a good song, but it, it, I, I'm not as euphoric. The three that just came before it, this is kind of a, of a, of a letdown for me. It kind of bores me. And then, like, there's some really cool stuff coming. Am I? I. It's crazy. Does anybody else feel that way, or you just I, think it's just? I man, feel it, it, it. It takes a little bit of a dip, and not trying to be somebody that's bashing on Ace and Peter, but given where the first three songs go, and Ace and Peter were paid an amount to not play on this album. I think it's they were on paid what, not to play. They, they were paid. They were paid not to play. Yeah. And they were also paid to keep your mouth shut and say that you did play 
yeah. on the, on this album. So you can kind of hear it in this. I don't want to say, well, Ace and Peter, because they're on the album, it takes a dip. But just in the functionality of who has been playing lead guitar and drums up to this point, and even just production, I feel the album drops a little bit. We're like, oh, that's that's a little different. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just it has a different feel moving into track four. So I was wondering, like, all right, well, okay, what are we going to do with track five? Written by Gene Simmons, sung by Gene Simmons. We are one. And I sing this song's praise. I'm telling you, if I could pick one, I really want another song off this album. But given that we're coming to the end, of the road for kiss saying we are one i don't think underlines what this is it's something off i want to say off kilter like off brand for gene but it feels very much like gene we just came off gene simmons's 78 solo album when we're like gene what are you doing on this album this is something i think he lands very well and gene is not a balladeerist by any stretch of the imagination but what he has to say in this song, I think, worked in 89 and maybe to kind of people like, yeah, well, you really aren't one. I really feel the lyrics of this song now in 2023. So, Nico, what are your thoughts on We Are One? Oh, man, I'm going to let you down so bad. Yeah. Go ahead. You go, can. Go, I'm going to let you That's down why we love so doing this show. bad. Rip me go apart. Ahead. I'll just I'll take your audio out. That's fine. I need you to I, I just need you to know something I've never I don't think I've ever on this show ever had to come off or, like something Rob saying and I don't think so you've ever really 180 with me. from it. I know. I, I feel so bad. But don't um, be yourself. I Nick, thank you. you. Thank you for the encouragement. Also, wait, can all the listeners hear like such such welcoming of different perspective? If only social media could always be like this. Who let the lemon head into the room? You are a waste of life and you should give up. Is what I want to say, but I won't, because that is why we are doing this right now. Yeah, I I don't I don't really like this song, and it's not because I don't think. And I was not impressed by what Gene had to say in the way he did it. I, I do actually think I, I will agree with you and say for the, the times we head scratched his solo album, this, I honestly go, okay, you, you, you wanted to say something, you went for something and I hear you. I just think even with the end of the void, I agree taking a little bit of a dip with the even like the visual nature of the album right and the idea of it being psycho circus and the first three songs were really playing to that and into the void being like the spaceman character song i feel like this song feels very strange being not only on this album but being in this spot on the album and i think that's why i struggled with it as being like hearing all those songs before it and then going to this being like what are we doing here? I, and I love that you love it so much. Cause I'm like, hey. Whoa, it's not for, and I've never been, I think it tracked for me as a kiss fan too. These types of songs that come from them. I've never really been into like, I do enjoy the shandies and the sure know something's been the forevers, but I don't go back to the, those slower power ballads as much. 
I could see just where the ballads in general. Yeah. I can see yeah. where it feels off off brand. I, I I can I can respect that. I can see that. Well, this song this song starts the celebratory theme of this album that I think you got with uh, a pledge of allegiance, and then and then you know we we went into the void. I've always loved this song. I'm a, I'm a sucker for mel- for melody, and uh, just gives you melody, but they don't give it to you traditionally in this kind of form in a stripped down fashion uh with harmonies or whatnot that's never really been their strong suit even though they do it which sure knows some there's a lot of songs that they do it but they're not really known for that this song touched me from the very first first moment i heard it because it was different and i feel like this song even though it is different does fit into the album more than like into the void like mm-hmm. into the void mm-hmm. is a weird tune it like it this song continues kind of the kiss is celebrating their history, everything about them, their weirdness, the fans, the craziness, the wild animals, everything that we are. And this song is a really beautiful tribute of Gene associating them with us or whatever. I, this is another one that I wanted to hear them do it live, but because of the guitars are kind of acoustic and stripped, I don't know what this have they ever played it? I don't know what it would sound like with with hard, crushing, crunchy guitar. Like it probably doesn't, it probably doesn't fit well. But this is one of those. If it's a guilty pleasure, it's a guilty pleasure. I I don't know. I I see a lot of people on the forums that like this song, and then I see a lot of people that like Unico that absolutely hate it. But I'm in the camp of we are one. I'm I am I feel it and I and I love it. It did get played on Kiss Cruise. I think acoustically, acoustically, no, no, no. An electric it, show. It was, it was full electric, and I want to say it was either Kiss Cruise Eleven or Kiss Cruise Ten. God, I wonder I, what it sounded like. I want to say it's Kiss Cruise Ten because it was the Psycho Circus at Sea Cruise. So they did it night one and night two. They dropped it for for something else. Okay, but yeah, I thought it worked. I think there was a little flub that Gene had in it, and it didn't make it the next night. But it's only been played one time. So interesting. Okay. Well, all I can say is make up or break up. We've seen better days. Yeah, they're going to have to run and kicking and screaming off the stage. You wanted the best written by Gene Simmons. We have heard this and it's sung by Simmons, Stanley, Peter, Chris, Ace Freely. The only time that all four members have sung a song uh, lead vocal at the same time so we've heard you wanted the best you got the best i'm like man why hasn't kiss ever written a song like that well maybe we understand why and given the framework that this album is that this is the reunion you kind of got some balls putting this song on here where it's written from the point of view of things that they had said in the press to one another and all that stuff and then not to have the two original guys play on only two tracks off this entire album there's another song that i think probably should have been in its place but there's still part of me that really wants to like this song and i feel there's an episode that i want to have someday called i'm not supposed to like this this would this, this would fit into that category i've been told i'm not supposed to like it it's a song that depending on my mood i might play might skip or whatever Nico, you wanted the best. Did you get it? I think so. I do enjoy the song because 
the vocal interplay between all of them, I thought, is mm-hmm. so it's also crazy to think that they've never done that before. I'm now hearing that I'm not supposed to like this song though, because of all the reasons why, but I think it's a fun adrenaline rush is what I wrote. I think it's a fun, I don't want to quite say Anthem cause it's not, but there's just something about this song that I really enjoy. And with me, I've always enjoyed the harder, faster paced kiss songs and you're right. I, I think I'm just a sucker for them finally having a song that's you wanted the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoy it. I mean, it's just cliche. It's their it's their saying, it's their calling card. You wanted the best, you got the best. How did they never if there was ever a time to, to write a song? When I saw this, and I, I told you I cringed it, I pledge allegiance to the state. I kind of saw this title and was like, yeah, no, this makes sense, man. They're they're back, right? We wanted the best. We got the best. So I don't think it's a great song, but it's it's way better than a lot mm-hmm. of songs that they have. And I could argue that, again, it's a head scratcher. It's a lot better of, of some stuff they were doing in Overkilling on that tour and the Farewell Tour. I mean... Heck, if they tried to play it live with all four guys singing, that would have been really it, pretty, pretty It cool. might have been pretty cool. Like, I was, as I was listening to the song today, I was thinking, like, opening up the Psycho Circus Encore, and then they come out and they just, you know, and all four guys are singing and they're swinging a little bit. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a kiss sucker. I, I get it, but it's not a, it's not a particularly great song. I don't think it's a bad song. I think it's a nice idea, but if you have the balls to put a song like that on there, Rob, you know, don't just leave it on there. Do it live. See, maybe the audience would love, we might've all loved that and been like, Oh, this song sucks. Oh wait, it's really good live, man. Look, Peter's singing. They're playing off each other. They're on the mics together. You know, when they, when the two guys are singing the, the core, they could be next to each other. I don't know. It's good. It's okay. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. And I, I think it's, I think it's okay. I think it's pretty good. I, I, again, we're six songs into this album and I don't think there's really a suck song on here. There's a couple that are not quite great compared a, to the first few, but it's a pretty suck solid. Song. A suck song. A suck song. Someone put that in an urban dictionary. It's a song on an album that sucks. Call a suck song. I do agree. Song sucks. Song sucks. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. I do agree. The opportunity it could have been for them to play live, I think Mm -hmm. also is what I think about when I listen to it. It's just how cool it would be to see them all sing like that on a song together. Does I, feel like a missed opportunity for that. I see that camera, Rob, that fast paced camera just going from one guy or, to or how about know, watching like, in kiss vision like on Rock the Nation, where you yeah, can watch exactly. one guy the, the whole yeah. time. And I you wonder, watch Paul for Gene songs, he's just playing standing there. It's like, ooh. I wonder how much of it is I didn't play on this album. I ain't playing the song. I'm not doing it live. I wonder. So let me blow your mind here. I didn't say it. Psycho Circus, the song was released on August 1998. We Are One was the second single from the album released in 98. We haven't got to the third song, which I didn't realize this was released. I'll wait till we get to it. This song, You Wanted the Best, was released on November 23rd, 1998. Did not your go birthday, to... Your birthday, son. Dude. 
yeah. that's my birthday. Did not let me click on the link here. That's it why did, I like it. It didn't. So the song uh, was released as the fourth single from the album, November third, nineteen ninety eight. The song only charted on Billboard mainstream uh, rock mainstream rock charts, reaching number twenty third. Never performed live. It was the final uh, recording to feature the original lineup. Yeah. So yeah, it was released as a single. So I never knew that. I mean, who knew that? I didn't realize that until I was doing homework for this episode. And I was like, holy Fascinating. crap. If you have the vinyl, this is where the vinyl flips over that they just reissued. And good old Mr. Kevin Valentine, I studied my butt off trying to figure out this drum fill. It sounds very simple to do, but it was one of buddy of mine's like, play a raise your glasses. Written by Paul Stanley and Holly Knight. This is my favorite song off of the album. I love this song. We've talked about this song on numerous podcasts. This should be played at every sporting event when my Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl this yeah. year. This year it hey, they're looking good, brother. They're form, looking real good, let me tell one, you. I'm just saying, and I just jinxed it on a podcast, so it's not happening now. But I, it was played at a Red Wings game. Uh, when I was there, it's just a very anthemic song, and we've said it a million times on this show. Another huge missed opportunity, and I think this song pulls the album right back around, and I feel like this is where we left off for my Pledge of Allegiance, another up-tempo Paul Stanley song. And Holly Knight, in my opinion, helped write two of the really strongest songs off of this album. Uh, Nick, I know you have a huge fascination for this yeah and again shout out to uh, her interview on on shout it out loudcast she really loves this song she's very proud of this song and she kind of echoed the fact too that this song should be played at any celebratory sporting event or whatever i i love this song the melody of it is fantastic the chorus it's it's a song that um again some of these titles are like a cliche they're they're like anybody could pick them raise your glasses you wanted the best it's not like they're it's not like they're hard, but they're just so, it's such a beautiful song. And I don't know, again, I, I struggle with this band. I'm just not sure why they play certain songs, why they decide to, um, to kill other songs and not, and not whip this song out there again. I don't know. It's never been played live. You said, right, Rob, nowhere. I nope. probably can't play it. I don't know. It's, the chord progression i don't know it is it doesn't seem like it's a particularly a hard song to play but maybe it is for these guys and there's a reason they don't play it live i don't know but raise your glasses is a top 10 all-time kiss song for me that's how much i love it i mean i love when my dad talks about this song because he loves it so much i'm not a, i'm not even gonna add too much it's it's just a goaded kiss song and i do think it's the best song on this album and um this is a song i actually consider a crime that they don't play it live yeah I quite literally say they should all be fined. It ain't a crime to be good to yourself, though. Well, right. That's true. I'll raise a I'll raise a glass to that. Lick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Something seems to be happening at night when they don't play this song. Tell you what. Uh, well, at least we finally found our way to uh, Rosemont. Another question for Peter. Yes. Are you going to sing your song from Psycho Circus on tour? Uh. We'll probably always keep Beth in the, in the show. Uh, I mean, 
Paul wrote the song for me, and I think it's a great song. And if, if it, you know, like in anything, if it if it does great, yeah, we'll do it. I mean, we'll do anything that the fans and, and, and everybody wants us to do. It. So I love to sing it. Paul was thinking about me when he wrote it, so it's a great song. Sure, who knows? Written by Paul Stanley and Bob Ezrin, sung by Peter Chris, his second vocal appearance on this album. You had to know coming into this album that Peter's going to get a song. We heard Ace get a song on the album. And as we were listening to this on the car ride home, going, All right, is that a is this a Peter song? Is that a Peter song? And you heard the piano start in this one. We were like, Ah, this is the Peter Chris song. He's he's getting the typical drummer gets a ballad song. I don't know what the term was that we use the, the stinker song or whatever the term was. I was just like, wow, the title, I want to like it, but I, I just don't think this feels forced. If anything in this album feels forced, it is this song, Paul writing a song for Peter. I, I'm trying to write you another hard luck woman. I'm trying to, to do that thing. And Paul even said it in the quote that I read. I'll try and while you guys are talking, read a little bit more on this one that Paul was struggling to try and find thematically what he was doing for this album. And I think this underlines that he was struggling for this one. I know you got to give Peter a song, but I go, Peter didn't have anything, or maybe that was the problem. He didn't have anything for this. And this is what wound up here. So while I'm going to look for some, stuff here in this behind the mask book um nick what do you think about i finally found my way oh no god no god please no 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 Dunk sucks let's get out of here yeah i mean <laughs> here's the deal i have, no, I have no. not much more to add to that but here's the thing i and this is this is what pisses me off about like peter deserves so much better this is a crime that this is what Paul wrote for him, that the ultimate cliche that he he had to shoehorn him in, just like Ace has got to do the interstellar, I'm the spaceman, I got to keep the theme, I can't change it. You could give Peter a ballad, but this is just a horrible song. This is yeah. so, this is just bad. It, it, there's nothing good about it. It's, I don't know if it's country, if it's, if it's yacht rock, whatever the hell it's trying to be, it's just bad. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's awful. And like, I just think they could have, it's a shame because we understand Peter's not a good songwriter, but man, I would have want to showcase this guy's vocals yeah. unless they sabotaged him. Cause they didn't want him to do anything different in concert. They didn't want him to have a cool song that he could do. Just like, you know, I mean, Gene did within Ace did into the void. They didn't want Peter to have another track. I, I this is where I get mad at these guys. Cause I mean, if you really believed it, and I respect Paul Stanley as a songwriter, he's one of the best. And I think he gave this guy a turn. I think he sabotaged him. I think he screwed him up. There was a lot of themes they could have did with Peter with being a, uh, he's a cat, nine lives. He could have been a nocturnal animal. I mean, they could have came up with a cool little rock tune, something like a baby driver or something, or it did it, or or do a little bit of a ballad, but it could have been a little, little sexier, a little cooler, a little bit more about like 
his relationship with the fans. And, you know, I've got, like I said, I got nine lives and I'm here with you and I've used, I've used some up, right. It's a circus, man. It's about animals and stuff like that. This is a horrible song. And to me, a big slap in the face to Peter's include to Peter's representation on this album. It's bad. If I was Peter, I'd have been freaking pissed off. I'd have been like, I'm not singing this shit. Maybe he yeah. thought it was cool. I don't know if you, I never read any interviews. Maybe Peter thought this was, oh, this is great. I'm going to have the only ballad on the album and it's going to be good. But just a, just a horrible missed opportunity for Peter to really sink his teeth in with his cool singing voice and do something good. I forgot to say Bob Ezrin from Destroyer, Revenge, The Elder, uh, co-wrote this with. Awful, Bob. Yeah. Take your name off it. This song, it shouldn't be titled I Finally Found My Way because nobody found their way with this song. No way was found. In fact, there is no way with this song. I actually thought when earlier I said, I think my dad's going to aggravate me. I really thought my dad oh, would no, like dude, this no, song. I'm so proud of him. That he I like me like some sap. I like me some yeah. sap more than a lot of people, but not this one. I'm with you, dad, that it, on one hand, I'm like, feels like sabotage. On the other hand, were they so nostalgic that they I were trying so. to give him like the second coming of Beth? That like, is what I'm trying reading. to give him. Like, is this the second coming of Beth? Because that's actually what I wrote in my notes. I'm like, it feels like they tried to give him the next part of that song. And I, it just doesn't work. I just don't think it, I don't think there's anything about it that works. And I'm with you, dad, for even like in a song like We Are One that from a sonic standpoint, I don't vibe with. I get what Gene's trying to say and his message I do hear loud and clear. The fact they didn't, do something like that with Peter, like you said, or play into the whole idea of it being a circus and he's an animal. And I just, I can't. Yeah, dude, it, it's a suck song. It's our first suck, suck song, song. Like my dad said, maybe I'll put it in, in post, but what everybody is saying about this is they were trying to write something for, to fit Peter's voice, the mood of what's going on and give him that Beth sounding song. Everybody is saying that in the book. Uh, Bruce Fairburn says the way that Peter took the lyrics and he made it so personal, the way that he sang it, I was a really almost in tears sometimes just listening to him sing the song and coming to grips with it. I was very moved by his performance. So that's from the producer of the, of their album. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I can hear it in Peter's voice, but it's the wrong lyrics and it's the wrong song for Peter. Kudos if he felt attached to it but it's it doesn't it doesn't fit the album and it's just not it doesn't it's not a good vehicle for the return of peter chris i think he's dealt a, a bad hand with this song I a agree. very bad hand it's not a good vehicle for anyone <laughs> no uh, we're moving along towards the tail end of the album we are at track nine written by paul stanley in a name that we all know bruce kulik who plays bass on this and bruce plays bass on a couple other tracks i forgot to mention dreaming And if you're listening to this song and go, boy, this sounds like another song. Yes, it kind of does sound like another song. And Kiss got taken to court over this because Alice Cooper said, whoa, whoa, this sounds like a song I wrote called I'm 18. It was settled out of court. And uh, Bruce recently started talking about this. It was 
played live only by Bruce Kulick's uh, band. But this was a song I, I always really liked. And again, I'm going to fold that into You Wanted the Best, a song that I didn't know I wasn't supposed to like. I really do like this song. I like the thematic dreaming element that Paul is writing for it. It's just this real heavy song that's kind of maybe reminiscent of Carnival a little bit, but I think it's got a really cool vibe and it kind of fits that psycho circus dream Elseworlds type of feel that the album is trying to convey. Uh, Nico, dreaming. I really like this one too. I think it has a slow progression and I think it continues to get better and better as the song goes on. I, I like the chorus. Um, not to, I, I, I won't try to add too much more than you did, but I, I dig, I did not know that thing about Alice Cooper though. That's hilarious. Of course <laughs> it was settled out of court because back then it was easy to do that. You just pay people and they stop. Um, <laughs> but no shout out to this one. I, I think it's a really nice also re- redemption for the album coming off of, I finally found my way. And um I like what he's going for with it. I really do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in complete disagreement with you guys. I hate this song. That is really I, really, I want to take this song really? out back and beat the crap out of it. Yeah, really? I, I caught I'm that, waiting for a joke here. I caught that uh I caught that uh I was not a huge Alice Cooper fan, but I obviously knew that song. I'm 18. I caught that immediately the first time I heard it. I'm like, why do I know this song? And I don't know that I was able to put two and two together, but the other thing that bothered me too was that it was like it was like the fourth song for Paul. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, I feel like, you know, I love Paul and I know he's got to have the most songs on the album, but I just <clears throat> feel like it's his clunker, okay. to be honest with you. And um the song is heavy, but that chorus sounds too much like Alice Cooper's song that whenever songs sound so much like each other, I have a problem with them. I can't let that one live on its own. I have to listen to this. It, it really song, bothers me. Yeah, it's almost it. like yeah. that Ed Sheeran song. Listening to him back to back. Dude. I know he he uh, he won this case, Ed Sheeran, with uh, um, sexual healing and with his song. Thing. But I have to be honest with you. I, I, I understand that a lot of these songs do sound the same. But when they're when you're listening to a song and you're hearing the other song, that's really where I have a problem with it. And the I drum prob- intro for both of these are almost identical. Identical. Like, seriously. Right, yeah. I just think this song's a filler to me. I, I, you know, Rob, you brought up a good point though. Thematically, it does fit in with the album. I just don't vibe with the song. It, it okay. does nothing for me. And um, it's definitely like, I don't, I never listen. Like I played it once and I'm like, I can't listen to this again. Cause I don't, it's not going to change my, my opinion. Not at all. I respect right. that. I respect yeah. that different yeah. take from us. Hey, listen, man, we're, you know, maybe we're not one here on this podcast. Maybe not. I, not one. I think I'm we found the end of I our think road. we are not one. We made it to 51 and then <laughs> we that's it, and that's, folks. And that's well, we are it. one with, we are one would suck and be boring. So that's what's cool. All right. <laughs> well, it's been a journey of a thousand years before we get to the bonus track for fun. Written by Gene Simmons, lead vocal by Gene Simmons. So I I feel like Gene's only got three songs on this album, and that is technically true. I mean, four if you count You Wanted wanted the Best. You Wanted the Best. But I forget sometimes after We Are One, and even within, sometimes I go, does Gene have any songs on this album until we get to the very end? And The Journey of a Thousand Years, 
none of the titles bothered me on this album. I thought, oh, I bet, I bet that's pretty cool. This was the one I was like, what a dumb ass title of a song. Like, this song has got to suck. I heard the chimes in the beginning of it, and I was like, oh my gosh. The drums, this one fooled me. Kevin Valentine, my hat off to you. I swore for the longest time that this was a Peter Chris played. I remember the album, I forget the, the network radio. I remember hearing Gene Simmons talk up to Peter Chris, like, oh, I love the fill that you do at the end of it. And it's a very Peter Chris type of a fill later on to go. It's Kevin Valentine. But this song hits a point in the song, and I feel like this may be one of Gene's best songs. This was in our underrated Gene songs for episode 50. Uh, Nick, this is a song you come back to quite yeah, a bit. Is, I, I thought yeah, I was the I mean, only one that really liked this tune. I mean, when I when I strip this album down, it it basically comes down to Raise Your Glasses, the title song and this song that are just clearly a step above everything else mm-hmm. on the album. It, it just it, it's a haunting melody. It's a beautiful song. It it is a lyrical. It's mysterious and it evokes talisman and all the crazy oh, things yeah. that Kiss is about and time travel if you it just it, you can fantasize about anything it is it's a journey it's a it's a notion it's a concept we are endless we are beyond time kisses is, is uh, will outlive everybody so look and melodically it's beautiful the the inclusion of the cycle circus oh that is Arsenal brilliant it's haunting and beautiful and then it takes the song out i said it on our last thing hopefully people listen this is one of my all-time favorite gene songs this is also i mean is it in my top 10 kiss songs i mean I, yeah it's probably outside there it's very different it's a, it's an outstanding way to end the album it's a song that i never stop i'll never turn it off if it comes on mm. when it comes on a list and it it just makes me feel reflective if you will it's one of those it's one of those songs that it it puts me in a weird it's a weird mood it puts me in right not necessarily mm-hmm. a good mood not a bad mood, just sort of a self-aware, like, who am I? What's going on? And that's why I love this band so much. That's why that's why they're just so freaking crazy. And they do shit like this and they do stuff like Christine 16. And <laughs> how did the two how did the two come together? Right. It's it's amazing. Nico, your journey. I like how it gives the album this really cool grand finale feeling with everything like you're saying. And I actually think it wraps up the idea of a psycho circus really well. And I will agree with you. This is a really strong Gene song. And his entire Pantheon of songs. I really like it to close the album out. I think there's a lot of stuff it does well. And it's very impressive for me as well, seeing Gene be able to pull out something like this. And we, we talk about it. A, a lot of the times it's hard to find the perfect song to end an album. A lot of times albums just keep going and the song at the end is kind of a clunker, a clunker. I agree. This is one of the strongest songs on the album. And the fact that it closes everything out a nice 10 song set really, really works. I have a lot of respect for what they did with this song. Awesome. If that wasn't, I wouldn't say bad enough for Nick and Nico to go, hey, we're going to do Creatures. Oh, by the way, let's change it to Psycho Circus. Oh, by the way, squeeze in one more track. This was one that I've always associated with the album because it came on a CD single. 
And it's one that I've always really leaned into. So it's not on the normal album. It's a bonus song on Japanese. And if you have, I have my Ace Freely version that you can't see, I'll, I'll post a picture of it with Ace on the cover. For the single Psycho Circus, they put In Your Face on here. So on my playlist, this is always in there. So I wanted to include it as a quote-unquote album track. We won't do it for our nine. Or, or maybe you can. In Your Face, written by Gene Simmons, sung by Ace Freely. This was one, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, this is an Ace song. And to know that typically going back to I Finally Found My Way, where Paul writes a song for Peter, here is Gene doing something he doesn't normally do, writes a song and tells Ace, hey, why don't you sing this one? And I think this works, and I'm going to go out on a limb. I would have rather had this in place of into the void i think this is a much much better song and it fits a personality for ace there's a spot where he says you know i'm, I'm the man from outer space and I come to my planet which is really kind of funny tongue-in-cheek but it works in a way that i don't think into the void does so i'm curious what your guys's take is for this fun song of in your face nico i did not know about this song until today mm. and i think it rips i think it's dope and holy hell i agree with you I would not necessarily say I think it should replace Into the Void because I okay. like Into the Void. I think it one should have been on the album and two, it, there's a couple we talked about that it could have been on the album instead of, let me tell you. Maybe yeah, you wanted I was, the best. Uh, right? You know, I always find it fascinating on these albums sometimes. This made me think of other albums I've lived in I've listened to it in the past, but recently with a group I like called state champs I was listening to one of their old albums, the songs that get left off or the songs that get added in like deluxe version. Sometimes I'm like, why are they always better? Mm-hmm. Like, why are they always like really, really good most of the time? And you're like, why didn't this make it the first time? Or why is this not in there instead of this song or whatever? And and I, so hats off to them. I think this is another really good song. And the fact that I just discovered it today because I didn't know it existed it has me wanting to keep listening to, to this over and over and over. But I will say, I will say this to you guys, okay? This song should have been on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't take Peter's song off. Because Peter had have a, have a song. As bad as Peter's song is, it's there. It exists. Mm-hmm. Can't t- there's nothing we can do. We are we, we are worse off for having heard it. <laughs> but, but it's, it's in the groove. It's, it's in there. the groove. It cannot yeah. be undone. That, that crappy dreaming song that you that you guys like should be out. That's so Paul, funny. That Paul didn't need <laughs> Paul didn't need a four tune because he's, he's I love him, and I, I would sit across from him on the table and say, "Listen to me, you. You already screwed Peter." But Ace has always been a guy that could deserve. He got a couple songs on. Uh, what was it? Was it uh, uh, Unmasked and uh, Unmasked? He got three. Dynasty. He got yeah. three. So yeah. what the? F- so give him a song. Put in your face instead of dreaming, and the album is actually slightly better. I agree with you guys. Yeah, two Ace songs would be beautiful. I'm gonna. And reach- I don't think Peter was gonna cry because yeah. Peter thought he had his country hit. He thought he had a hit. Him and Don Henley and. In the Eagles and Glenn Fry, I think. He- I'm going to recant after what Nico said. And we were like, oh, it should replace you one of the best. I'm going to leave that because all four of them are singing. 
And as much as I love dreaming, I think I would replace dreaming. I think that would, I, I, I probably I, I would do that too. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with you. We can't do anything with Peter's song. It's there. It's there. It's exactly. the only one he's got. We don't have one. It's not like there's another one you have, Robin. You're it's like, the, oh, there oh was here's, another a, here's a better Peter song. Yeah. yeah, it's not. I wish there was. I wish there was a, a demo. I wish there was a track that Peter's. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh, my God, why didn't they put that on there? But it was not to be. It was not to was be. not. Well, what we like to do. Here now, we go. Ready? We're going we're gonna to go for the nine and three. Strap in, two. Nico. One. Oh, I'm strapped. Welcome to the nine. You may only choose nine songs to move forward. No more, no less. The nine is here. So if this is your first time listening to the show, we like to boil down all the albums to the barest essential of nine. So handful of albums only had nine tracks such as creatures of the night the first kiss album if you take off uh, one of the songs that originally was supposed to be on there ace and paul's solo albums etc and a couple others um animalize anyway so we thought that'd be fun for our show to do we'll make every album nine songs so we're going to exclude in your face because it does not appear on the actual album so we're going to remove one song we're going to remove one song from this album and i'm this is where I, I'm wondering where we're going to be. So we'll do our favorite game of yay or nay for the nine okay. here. This is awesome. Man. So here we go. Psycho Circus. Yay. 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 Within. Yay. 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 I pledge allegiance. Yay. 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 Into the void. Yay. 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 We are one. Yay. 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 You wanted Ooh. the best. Yay. Yay. Raise your glasses. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> yay to the yayest yays. I finally found my way. Nay, nay, nay. Oh, get nay. the f- yay, yay, get the fudge. See, you're right, Nico. Here, he wrecked the show. <laughs> Dreaming, nay, yay. yay. Wow, like, dude! That just like to game. be different, man. He's just no. trying to be different, dude. <laughs> no, he just. I would rather different. listen to me. Listen to me. I want to. I want to clear so everyone understands. I would rather listen to Peter's voice singing a bad song than to hear Paul rip off Alice Cooper mm. in a very generic tune. I'm like, sorry. I, just like, I know you're saying that. I'm serious. I just need I'm you not, to I'm know. To you. Nobody on this screen or or ear that will hear this show. Nico is going to believe you. Somebody's going to believe. Is going to no. I promise you, no one is going to believe you. Alice Cooper believes me. (laughs) Nico, there's a sound clip that I like to put in every now and then when somebody says something wrong. There you go. Right here. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response. Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And may God, God Billy have mercy. Madison. No, what is that from? That's from uh, it's from Billy Madison. And the last yay resounding journey of a thousand yays. Yeah, the journey of a thousand yays. Yay, yay, yay. Uh, Everybody say yay, yay, yay. Yay, yay, yay. yay. A 
think I know how that's going to go when we get to that album. Um, oh. So the last couple things uh, we like to do here. Because your kiss, your kiss is on my list. Because your kiss is on my list. Let's take a look at the album covers. Uh, Nick, for the album covers, we've reviewed seven so far. So this will be the eighth album we have reviewed. Okay. Your tops are Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Ace Freely, Gene Simmons, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, and Crazy Nights for the album cover. Where does the Psycho Circus album cover go for you? It's going to go right behind Gene Simmons. It's going to be number five. Number five. All right. Nico, your album covers are Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, Ace Freely, Gene Simmons, Revenge, Hot in the Shade, and Crazy Nights. I think I just dig the aesthetic of it so much. I'm going to put it. Do I have What do I have Ace at four? Ace is at three. Gene is at four. I'm going to put this at three. Three. Oh, nice. All right. I'm going to put this at three. It just is so cool to me. And it's something that I think they should have done at some point. It, it, it just makes a lot of sense for what the album's going for, for them as a band, their whole theatrical nature. I really dig it. And mine is Hot in the Shade, Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, Ace Freely, Gene Simmons, Crazy Nights, and Revenge. I'm going this at number four, right under Destroyer, above Ace Freely. Um, I, I, dig, I dig the cover of this quite a bit. And I think seeing it on the end of the road tour when they have that giant screen behind them and they'll put yeah, up. Yeah, it's cool. I think that's kind of cool how they put their I, faces in I, there. I, I dig it. All right. The big thing now. The album reviews for our kiss list here. Nick, you have for the overall album, you have Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Ace Freely, and Gene Simmons. Where are you putting the 1998 or Crazy Nights, excuse me, Psycho Circus? This is too many songs that are that I love. It's going number three. Number three. Wow. So you got Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, and then Psycho Circus. Yep. Nico, your list reads as follows. Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, Crazy Nights, Revenge, Hot in the Shade, Ace Freely, Gene Simmons. I think for the same, the same reasons, the ones that are good are really freaking good. I got to put it, I think I have to put it third. Third, wow. As well. You and your dad are, are for close psycho and raise your glass alone. It's it's hard to not. Journey is great, and within I think is dope, and I like into the void more than Pledge most. Pledge Pledge Allegiance. Allegiance. Oh, so yeah. I think yeah, yep. So uh, both of you have this as number three. My list is Revenge, Hot in the Shade, Crazy Nights, Rock and Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, Ace Freely, Gene Simmons. I too am going number three. This is, I love, I love this album for the songs that are kind of, eh, I don't know why it's there. Uh, The ones that are strong are really strong. I think I put it in a tweet when this album was reissued for the 25th anniversary. I said, I think the song is pretty high on all of our lists. I know we haven't reviewed all the main albums yet, but when it's all said and done, I'm kind of curious what our list is going to, is going to look like all right the last thing and i've let it slip a couple times here is our rbte playlist now i didn't tell nick and nico this but as we were going through gene's solo album the one song that we unanimously 
we're talking about was radioactive. So that song alone for all three of us is the only song from Gene's solo album to yeah. appear on our RBTE Spotify playlist. I'll put a link now that we're at a psycho circus. So as maybe you're going to Rosemont, I don't think we're going to have any other albums to review yet this year. So you could listen to a nice playlist of the albums we've reviewed so far. So if you get to pick one song off of this album, and again, we all three could pick the same song or all three could have three separate songs. Nico, what's the one track you're going to pull off this album to put on your our RBTE playlist? Oh, probably Raise Your Glasses. I just feel like is the answer for me. Nick, what is your song you're going to pull from this album? Well, I mean, so if we pick another one, then to make it, then to make it. And if I so pick, I have to, I mean, yeah, it's raise your glasses, but it's already going to make it. I have to pick journey of 1000 years because I, I think it needs that. to be mm-hmm. on a playlist because it is, it is like, this is the perfect time. It's what this band is about. It's, it, it's their, who they are, how they transcend anything normal. So do I like it better than Rage of Glasses? No, but it, it's got to be, it's got to be on the playlist from this album. It's tough. I could also think of one or two more that should be on the playlist, but I'm going to say Journey of a Thousand Years. I'm the same way. If I if I did this blind and said just write down a song, send it to me, and that's what it'll be. I didn't want it to necessarily be like that because I think as people are picking stuff, they're like, oh, if you're picking that, I don't pick the same one. We all kind of fell into that in jeans going, I don't know if there's anything else I'd rather have on this playlist off this one. I'm like going, well, if you pick that, then I'll pick this. Oh, you pick that. I'll pick this because I feel like all three of the song, two songs are just mentioned. The song I'm about to say, I'm like, I like this as well. I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. That would be right. All three of those songs. It's psycho circus should be. I mean, it's it's pretty (laughs) pretty wild. It really is. You know? Yeah. That's a strong album. I, I really Strong think this album in in wrapping up here, you know, we're coming to the, the end of it. I know this was going to be a longer episode because we've been okay. kind of fawning over this album, but in people, I, Paul has always said like, sometimes the fans or people listen with their eyes and they're not listening with their ears because Ace and Peter weren't on the album. It's, it's such and such, but I think listening to it as an album, as a whole and taking off like your kiss goggles, I always really have a fun time with this and getting in the day and age of the internet when again, doing the show of like, I'm not, I don't think I'm supposed to like this. This is an album where I go, Oh, people are dogging on this album because yeah, Ace and Peter should have been on there. And I'm not arguing that, but just on the merits of the songs and how much fun I have with these songs, I really enjoy this album and I'm not going to try and argue and go, even on my list, I've got it ahead of Destroyer. I really enjoy this album that much. So just final thoughts and wrapping up here, just, and I know we've probably said it through the whole episode, but just your thoughts on the legacy of this album and maybe should it be viewed a little differently? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it gets a bad name. I think, I think if they would have played a couple of these songs more live, I think this album would go down in history a lot higher than it is, but it's a, it's another thing where they basically play three songs, right. And then mm-hmm. never again. And they only play one. And so for me, it's like, that's where it falls short. 
because it's too good of an album. There's so many good songs on there. And there's a lot of people that like certain tracks on there. I think would it be, I think for a lot of people, it becomes the fact I, I wrote about this in my tweet. I think I said something like it's, it may not have been the album put together the way we all believed it was, you know, because the original guys really like, they don't play on it at all. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a really solid rock and roll album, and it's a really good Kiss album. And there's just too much good on it. Like, we're going to review the other ones that come after and all that, but I, I just, I think this is better than a majority of the 80s albums, and I think it's better than anything that came after it with the other lineups. So that's just how I feel. Psycho Circus came along, and it came along at a time when the band was arguably at at, at the peak of the re- of the return and then it also started to quickly deteriorate mm-hmm. and that's what makes this album so important in history it's yeah. really really important i'll just say i have i have no idea why it doesn't get more love and i was just learning today from you both a lot of the reasons that people don't like it are a lot of the behind the scenes stuff i think it's a really strong album and i think they're gonna look back maybe not maybe not these guys <laughs> but i think us three and a lot of kiss hands are going to continuously look back in these years after end of the road and say why didn't they play those songs more why didn't they revisit that album more often could it be because of all the stuff that happened with its conception sure but there's some heavy heavy hitters on here mm-hmm. and i agree with my dad it's it's it it comes at a very crucial part in history and um it's definitely one that i'm really glad we talked about today and on this show same and i think it'll be important for the listeners too to go back and um re rediscover some thoughts they had about this album or maybe people who are just listening to it in full for the first time i'm excited for them i feel like you could pair this you could go dynasty unmasked psycho circus as a pinnacle and tipping point for the band and the popularity mm. of where they were. And then what happened after those preceding albums and, you know, where we are now, not that kiss has gone down, but the trajectory of all of those albums changed kisses course for good, better, or indifferent, depending on what side of the fence you're on. That's where we're going to end this episode coming up. We've got the road to Rosemont coming up for episode 52, and it's going to be a Halloween themed episode and i've got to quickly wind this up to send text messages out like hey when does everyone want to do it and the only topic i have at the moment is the things about kiss that are scary that would have scared you as a kid the things that people were like i don't know if i should be listening to this or if your mom was like no throw that in the trash i don't want to see that blood or whatever (laughs) that is want to have some fun with the halloween version of uh the road to Rosemont and then knowing we are just weeks away Mere by the time weeks. Rosemont is done, October is done. We will be in the month of November and we will be days. We've been saying months. We will be mere weeks away from being in Rosemont and seeing our final kiss show all together. So wild. That's crazy. Well, that's where we're going to end this episode on the behalf of Nick and Nico. I'm Rob, and you've been listening to Right Between the Eyes podcast, a KISS podcast with three generations of KISS fans telling you why to go to the circus and raise your glasses.
and maybe find your way back home. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Right Between the Eyes, a KISS podcast. All music and sound clips belong to their respected copyright holders. No infringement is intended in any way by this show. It's used to enhance your listening pleasure and to make the show come more alive. So if Gene could not send his lawyers, that would be amazing. You can get a hold of us a few different ways. We are on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Right Between the Eyes Podcast. We are also on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can also email into the show and we will read all emails and this will allow you to participate in the discussion. You can do so at rightbetweentheeyes at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and hear why Kiss is still the hottest band in the world and why they still hit us right between the eyes. See you in a few weeks, Kiss family.